Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. The entire world is about to be rocked by a mighty church-state war machine. Here at the Philadelphia Trumpet on the Key of David program at thetrumpet.com, we have forecasted the rise of this church-state combine for decades. And going back before that, under the late Herbert W. Armstrong, with the Plain Truth and the World Tomorrow broadcast, this message has gone out for almost a hundred years, an entire century of warning about the Holy Roman Empire. The Holy Roman Empire is defined in the Oxford Dictionary, actually. It's certainly not just a term used only by God's church. The Oxford Dictionary says of the Holy Roman Empire, it is the empire set up in Western Europe following the coronation of Charlemagne as emperor in the year 800. It was created by the medieval papacy in an attempt to unite Christendom under one rule. We have a book titled The Holy Roman Empire in Prophecy, written by Mr. Brad MacDonald, with research assistance by Mr. Richard Palmer. And this book, The Holy Roman Empire in Prophecy, is available to you for free at thetrumpet.com. And it says on page three that the description in the dictionary of the Holy Roman Empire is accurate but woefully incomplete. You see, the Holy Roman Empire spans a lot more time and has a lot more impact than this definition would lead us to believe. Here is what the European politician Otto von Habsburg said in 1989. The European community is living largely by the heritage of the Holy Roman Empire, though the great majority of the people who live by it don't know by what heritage they live. Now, Otto von Habsburg came from the famous line of European royalty, the Habsburg dynasty, and he knows a little something about the Holy Roman Empire. He knows what's going on in Europe, even if most Europeans don't realize it, and how this legacy of Charlemagne and even a lot of other bloody European leaders is being kept alive in Europe today. Many European leaders long for the days of Charlemagne. But the more we learn about Charlemagne, the more we learn how Adolf Hitler got his inspiration from Charlemagne, the more we should hesitate about propping up this legacy. Is it really an admirable legacy for the continent of Europe to pursue? Europe right now might appear weak 
It is being overrun by illegal immigrants coming over on boats across the Mediterranean, mainly from Africa and the Middle East. These are young, single men in most cases, not helpless women and children, not refugees, just people who are coming in illegally and bringing their violent Islamic religion with them. And it really is a clash of civilizations. Ultimately, it's Catholic Europe versus Islamic invasion. That's a really politically incorrect viewpoint to have. And yet, look at the fruits. Look at what is happening in Europe. Entire communities that are considered no-go zones. Dozens and dozens of mayors and other leaders who are Muslim and would love to implement Sharia law in many cases. The facts are, even among practicing Muslims who do not commit terrorist attacks, the majority at least support or will hide, give refuge to the terrorists. So what can you do as a nation, as a continent, as a European Union, when you have pockets of religious extremism all over the place and more and more enemies keep flooding into the country? And it almost seems like a lot of leaders are okay with it. Similar things are happening in Canada, in the United States of America, where we have no idea who's coming in. This is obviously a problem that has drastically sapped the strength of Europe. And that's not the only problem that they're dealing with. Another huge problem over there is the finances. Nations needing to be bailed out. And it really seems like a lot of that is intentional. And mainly the beneficiary of all of that is Germany. So often when the Catholic Church takes control of Europe during an iteration of the Holy Roman Empire, it is Germany as the main nation of the war machine. It's the Catholic Church and Germany almost every single time. So we see Germany today making power moves. There's just some recent headlines we can look at from the trumpet.com to prove this point. This is from November 13th of last year. German Chancellor, we need a powerful army. This article talks about how Germany will finally hit its NATO defense spending target of 2% of the nation's gross domestic product. It's the first time Germany has paid its fair share of European defense since the end of the Cold War. So it's been well over 30 years. 
And finally, Germany is stepping up and realizing the need to defend the continent. But the whole point of NATO was really so that the United States could temper the ambitions of Germany, could prevent Germany from taking over Europe again and igniting yet another world war. And yet, under Mr. Donald Trump, the U.S. encouraged Germany to do more, to step up militarily. It's almost like we completely forgot Germany's war-making history. German Defense Minister Boris Pistorius said, we must be the backbone of deterrence and collective defense in Europe. Germany needs to do more, they say. Germany is taking over militarily. Mr. Armstrong wrote in 1956, The Germans are coming back from the destruction of World War II in breathtaking manner. Germany is the economic and military heart of Europe. Probably Germany will lead and dominate the coming United States of Europe. Here's another article from thetrumpet.com. December 18th, Germany to deploy brigade of 5,000 troops to Lithuania. Now, that might not seem like a very large number of troops. It might not seem like a very important destination for those troops. But here's the point. It says the deployment will mark the first time Germany permanently stations troops outside its borders since World War II. So they're amping up their military spending to the right percentage for the first time since the late 80s, early 90s. And now they're permanently stationing troops outside their borders for the first time since the 1940s. Unprecedented steps by Germany. This is huge. And yet, who is really talking about these strategic power plays by Germany today? You can really only find people sounding the alarm at thetrumpet.com, in the Philadelphia Trumpet, on the Key of David with Mr. Gerald Flurry. There are some who are alert to some of these events, but even they cannot see, based on Bible prophecy, what is really going on. Another article, January 1st of this year, Germany considers conscription. And it just talks about how Germany is finally thinking about bringing back conscription. The Bundeswehr, the German military, had just over 181,000 soldiers in October. Their goal is 203,000. So they need a good 22,000 more. And German defense minister, as I said, Boris Pistorius, is in favor of bringing back conscription. He believes it was a mistake to get rid of it in 2011 in the first place. And political parties on the right support Pistorius in that effort to bring back conscription. 
One more article here, January 2nd. German military expert, Europe needs nuclear weapons. This is German military expert Carlo Masala. And he said, we need a European nuclear umbrella. Right now, France is the only nation in Europe that owns its own nuclear weapons. And so Carlo Masala's proposal is for Germany to pay for France's nuclear weapons program. And in return, France can defend Europe with those nukes. Now, if we understand what the Bible says, this is an alarming trend. Matthew 24, verse 22, talks about how no flesh would be saved alive unless Christ returned to stop nuclear annihilation. Not one person would survive nuclear annihilation unless Christ returns. And you have Germany, you have these powers in Russia and China and Iran that are pushing militarily and they're seeking global control. But maybe the most stunning part of all of these important world events is the fact that a church is involved in seeking global control. It's not just nations. A church is practically acting like a nation on earth today and trying to assert dominance as well. This is an article from October 26, 2023 at thetrumpet.com. Why is Pope Francis downplaying Hamas's murderous rampage against Israel? And the point of this article is that Pope Francis gave a moral equivalence between Israel and Hamas after the October 7th terrorist attack. He's lamenting the violence on both sides. And as Andrew Miller writes here, in other words, the Pope laments the Israel-Hamas war, but he wants the world to think Israel and Hamas are equally guilty for the conflict. He writes, most Vatican officials seem to be prioritizing politics over morals, since there are far more Palestinian Catholics than Israeli Catholics. As Andrew Miller points out here, the ultimate aim for the Pope and the Catholic Church is to control Jerusalem. That is the only way to explain the Pope's interactions regarding Israel right now. Mr. Miller writes, support for a Palestinian state is usually couched in peaceful language. Yet the Vatican's endorsement of Palestinian statehood is actually cover for Catholic ambition to wrest control of Jerusalem from the Jews. The Pope is content to let the Palestinians do a lot of the dirty work to weaken Jewish control over the city. There's a prophecy in Daniel 11, verse 45, that foretells that church, that religious superpower, taking control of Jerusalem in this end time. And if that means sitting back and watching the Palestinians 
the Gazans attack the Jews and commit atrocities, the Pope's okay with it. That's ultimately the case. It's hard to say. But the Pope is okay with that evil if it accomplishes his purpose of taking over Jerusalem. Now you see, just like with Germany, pretty much everything the Pope is doing is about power, is about control. The Pope sent a representative to the United Nations Climate Change Conference in December. This is an article from December 11th at thetrumpet.com. Pope calls for global governance. And it talks about how the Pope wants leaders to adopt mechanisms that would penalize nations for emitting too much carbon dioxide. And that's all a hoax. This whole idea of catastrophic man-made temperature change, global warming or whatever, it's not true. The universe, the earth is too big for us to make as big of an impact as we think we are. Now, we all should protect the environment, but just look at the motivation behind the people who loudly declare the need to stop climate change. Fossil fuels make up 80% of the world's energy supply. How are we going to replace that much energy and keep the world operating? And who would enforce it? It would take one world government. The, the Pope has pledged the commitment and support of the Catholic Church behind one world government. There it is. There is the real reason why he is so vocal about a secular issue like climate change. It's really all about control. As it says in John 18, verse 36, Christ said, my kingdom is not of this world. God's church does not get involved in world governance, in politics. God's church does not try to assert rule outside the bounds of the church. And yet this great false church, the Catholic Church, is constantly trying to enforce its will on mankind. Andrew Miller writes about how this has been the case going way back to Emperor Constantine the Great's Edict of Toleration in AD 313, where the church has sought to increase its power outside the church as well. And one more headline here from the trumpet.com on December 11th, Pope praises ecumenical patriarch. This happened on November 30th. They were commemorating the beginning of reconciliation between Roman Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox 
back in 1964. So the Pope praised this Eastern leader last year. And this is what Mr. Armstrong wrote in The Plain Truth, or actually in a coworker letter from 1967. October 29th, 1967, Mr. Armstrong wrote about this. He said, do you catch the significance of that? It signifies that the patriarch is ready to capitulate and to recognize the supremacy of the Pope. So that goes way back to 1964. And as it certainly appears, the Pope and the patriarch of today are also on good terms. And it's really about the Pope dominating over all Christianity. So it's exerting political power, but it's also trying to be supreme in the realm of religion too. Now, what happens when you get these two power-seeking entities and you smash them together? Germany and the Catholic Church together. Well, that's what our free book, The Holy Roman Empire in Prophecy, is really all about. It does bring to life crucial end-time prophecies of a powerful church-state war machine and what this union is going to do here on earth. You can prove it from the Bible. It might sound controversial, but it is provable. This is page eight of the Holy Roman Empire in prophecy. The Holy Roman Empire is spoken of in multiple prophecies in both the Old and New Testaments. This book will explore many of these prophecies. So that's what you can look forward to. You need to get a free copy of the Holy Roman Empire in prophecy. And like we've done today, we've looked at some world events that absolutely back up the prophecy of another resurrection of the Holy Roman Empire in this end time. Just We'll just look at a quick description of this beast as it's described. It's actually called a whore or the church riding the beast or the national power. That's a pretty condemning description. But it says here in Revelation chapter 17, I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. It goes on to say in Revelation 17, verse 6, how this church, as it controls empires, attacks and slaughters the saints. It's really just a tool of the devil to persecute and destroy God's one true church. And you can look in world history, you can look on the scene today, and you can absolutely prove that the Holy Roman Empire has existed for hundreds of years, and it is alive and well behind the scenes today. 
Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.